Hello, my wonderful friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone is having an absolutely fantastic day today, as always. You guys are staying strong and healthy. And also be sure to see the product of the week. Y'all voted and it won the B-Complex formula. That will be up on sale later on this afternoon when I get everything updated on there. You guys voted, so I'll put it on sale for at least probably about 10% off on the B-Complex. As most of you know that take that on a regular basis, that is pretty much one of the highest, best methylated B vitamins, B-Complexes on the market quality the dosage everything on it is superb so be sure to check it out really helps out with overall energy healthy nervous system and especially good adrenaline b vitamins they're water soluble they're not something that build up in your body long term and can stay largely elevated like say d3 the b complex b vitamins have to constantly be put into your body and the issue nowadays with the current food supply is, uh, well, let's, it's just garbage. Let's put it that way. I mean, even a lot of the organic food now that we continually strive to grab and eat is uh, contaminated in some cases, even though I mean, it's still much better than heavily processed GMO food. But again, the nutrient density is so far down what it used to be, you know, with lack of crop rotation and lack of quality. It's just, it is what it is. And it's funny. I was talking to one of my friends who stayed with me over the weekend and he was asking me some questions because he was eating with us and you know my kids they we all eat the same thing my kids i don't we don't play the we're going to make five different types of meals every night for everybody to stay happy it's this is what we're eating you know we got organic chicken we got organic rice got organic sweet potato we got broccoli and this is what we're eating and my kids have never had an issue whatsoever as far as eating their food. And, you know, a couple times in the past, there's been issues where they don't want to eat something. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You don't want to eat it, then you can just go to bed. And they're like, what do you mean? So you can just go to bed. You don't want to eat, go to bed. It's not a big deal. I mean, there's, no, there's no issue here. You know, it's up to you if you want to eat dinner. Well, I, I want you to something else. I'm like, well, this is what we're eating tonight. And a lot of times they'll get in the fit and they'll pitch a fit and pout. And this happened years ago. It's not happening anymore. And so they'll go to bed. And usually it only happens about one time. I think it's happened one time with both of mine. That's it. They never do it again. They wake up the next morning. They go, what's for breakfast? I'm starving. And I'm saying, absolutely. We've got eggs and oatmeal. Chow down. Eat as much as you want. And that's the thing that I have had so many parents over the years when I've gone out to eat with people or they come over and they go, how do your kids eat? I mean, your kids are eating broccoli. And I'm like, and? Your kids are eating spinach. How do you get them to eat that? Because it's what I eat at my house. I don't give them 50 options, nor – this is one of the biggest things you guys got to remember – nor do I allow them to have really heavily preservative-laden foods that contain MSG. MSG is an excitotoxin. It massively stimulates the brain, overstimulates the brain. MSG is in a lot of food. And what happens is, especially in processed food like potato chips, Pringles, those things are laced with MSG. They're done that for a reason. MSG is super addictive to the brain. It wants that trigger again. It wants that excitotoxin, but yet it's not good for the body, yet the brain wants it. So what happens is this is why majority of fast food is laced with MSG. It's not only added to try to enhance the flavor and make it saltier. It's designed to make people crave it. I found out years ago that Chick-fil-A is laced with MSG. I confirmed it when I talked to the basically the, uh, person that was dealing with the ingredients on it. Hence, one of the reasons why you see so many people crave M- uh, Chick-fil-A because I couldn't figure out years ago. I used to occasionally eat Chick-fil-A. I'm not going to lie. It was like five, six years ago. 
I get like one of their grilled chicken sandwiches or something like that. Some of their waffle fries. They, they taste really good. And I noticed all of a sudden a couple days later, I'd be craving to go to Chick-fil-A. Now, I don't crave much food. You guys know I've, you know I used to do bodybuilding in my 20s. So, I mean, to me, chicken, rice, broccoli, I can eat that every single day with mustard and hot sauce, and I just deal with it. That's just how I am. However, I noticed I was having these constant cravings every couple of days. I'd be like, no, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A. I want Chick-fil-A. And I started realizing, I'm like, why am I craving Chick-fil-A? I'm craving it. Not I want it. I'm like wanting it bad. So then I started doing some research, and I found out it's got MSG in it. Now, I'm, getting, I'm not just picking on Chick-fil-A. This is in every single fast food manufacturer. They have done this intentionally. Even though MSG has been shown in numerous studies to be toxic to the brain, it is in everything when it comes to fast food because it makes people addicted to it. Why do you think people that they know knowingly, good knowingly, that McDonald's is complete and total trash food, that most cockroaches won't even eat it if you sit it out on a windowsill for weeks on end? It doesn't even rot. You could put it in a, you know, in, a, in a case and let it sit there for an entire year, and it won't even decompose. It's so toxic. Yet people knowingly hit McDonald's every single day back and forth. Because they're addicted to it. This is something you have to be very careful of with young children. Because young children, especially when you look at body weight composition, when they start getting exposed to certain foods like this, say you eat something like a Chick-fil-A sandwich or McDonald's sandwich. It's laced with MSG. Well, if you're a grown adult, you know, I'm 215 pounds, the amount that's going in my body is the amount that's going in my body. Well, you compare that exact same meal going in a 50-pound child. That'd be like me eating four of those. So it massively overstimulates these children. It causes massive addiction problems. And what happens is when you go to feed them good, clean, normal, organic food, they go, gosh, this is – I don't want this. This is exciting. I'm not getting any excitement out of this. I'm not craving chicken and broccoli and sweet potatoes. This is a problem that I have watched happen over and over and over again to where children will not eat good, healthy food because the only thing they want is toxic garbage. So again – encourage one another to look at what you're eating. What your children are putting in their bodies right now is going to have effects on them later. This is why you see, you're watching this now with all these issues with turbo cancer. And a lot of this stuff, in my opinion, is tying back to this RNA shot. We've seen now people that had cancer and all of a sudden they've got this RNA shot. Now it's coming back more rapidly than it ever has. We're seeing the same thing now that's starting to happen in young children and young adults where these turbo cancers are popping up in people that were relatively young. Well, not only is the shot massively contributing to that, but when you've been pumping your body full of preservatives and MSG and high fructose corn syrup and artificial sweeteners and flavors for the last 10, 20, 30 years – which has happened much more rapidly than it used to. You know, I remember back in the day, even back in the 90s when I grew up, you know, fast food was kind of a, you know, even with people that I knew, fast food was kind of like a delicacy. I was like, oh, you know what? We want a bat basketball game or a baseball game. We're going to go out and go, you know, grab a cheeseburgers. Nowadays, I feel like every time I turn around, every parent that basically doesn't know what's going on, it's like a staple on the way back from school. Oh, yeah, we're getting Taco Bell today. We're getting Chick-fil-A today. We're getting McDonald's tomorrow. So what's happening is now you're seeing these children have much higher exposure to these unbelievably toxic chemicals on a daily basis every single day, and their little bodies can't process this stuff, guys. That's why I've told you guys before it's so important to run the GHI clinic as an adult. If you're eating junk or you're basically trying to get healthier, 
detoxify your body. That's one of the first things you can do is clean out your body, get the toxins out of it, and start eating clean and basically cleansing out and getting everything back where it needs to be. This is why I've seen a lot of times with young children and teenagers when they start getting really, really bad acne. Now, a lot of this can be contributed to different types of hormone influxes and so forth, but I've noticed single-handedly, in most cases, children that are having really bad acne, there's two things that they usually eat on a regular basis. That's sodas and that's fast food or heavily processed food. And I've seen a lot of kids, I've told you guys the stories before, and young adults, when they cut this stuff out, their skin clears up, their energy comes back, their entire mental acuity starts to function more often. People are wondering, and it boggles my mind, why these kids, six, seven, eight, nine years old, and they're hyperactive with ADHD, but yet they're literally sitting there feeding them Twizzlers and Coca-Cola all day long, and they're wondering why the kids can't focus, and they're all buzzed out on caffeine and Red 40. They can't figure out how to function, and they're all hyperactive and don't listen. Newsflash! It's what you're feeding them. Most children that are very smart or actually have a high IQ, when you start feeding them these toxins, especially like Red 40, they go completely ballistic. I've watched it happen personally with my son Hunter when he ate this red cupcake a while back ago. It was like two years ago. And I mean, going from climbing up the wall to crying on the floor to running back up the wall again, I told him, I said, what in the world did he eat? Because man, he got a hold of this red cupcake at church. That's red 40 already. He chugged it down. You know, just ate the whole thing. It was all over his face. I came in to get him and he's eating another one. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And again, I watched his activity and his behavior massively degrade very quickly from that one specific food. So please, my friends, understand that if you're trying to work with your children on focus, if you're trying to work with them on behavioral stuff, A, you have to be consistent. B, you have to get them the right nutrients. And C, you got to make sure you're keeping the toxins out of their body. The ultimate multiple chewable and the cod liver oil, whether you want the gel caps or you want the oil, the strawberry oil, which, by the way, tastes incredible. I've used it regularly, and we have the adult version as well. Both – just those two things right there can help out significantly with overall menacuity and overall health in children, especially if you're really trying to get them healthy again. So I just wanted to encourage you guys because I get this question a lot when I go out in public. I get this question a lot when people come over to my house as far as why are my children – fairly well behaved for the most part and why do they eat so clean and why are they so so strong and healthy and working out and I don't even have to ask them to because they want to you got to lead by example my friends what you bring in your house they're going to eat dad used the analogy all the time when I was younger I used to hear him on the seminar circuit he used to say I've never seen an eight-year-old grab their parents car keys and drive down to the supermarket and grab a shopping cart and fill it up with Twinkies ding dongs cupcakes and ice cream and pay for it and bring it back to the house Never seen that happen. Not one single time in history have I ever seen that happen. The parents are buying the food and bringing it home. Lead by example, my friends. If you want something to change, you have to change it. If you want to be a better example for your kids and you want them to listen better, if you want them to behave better, if you want them to be stronger, you have to lead by example. Does that mean you're going to do it right all the time? Absolutely not. But one thing about it is, especially when it comes to food, you've got to use food as a tool, not a crutch. I'm not just talking about with them. I'm talking about you as well. If you're trying to incentivize them for something and say, hey, listen, you got straight A's on your report card. Let's go get some organic ice cream. Totally cool, full send, have fun doing it. But having it something where it's every single day that they got to eat sweets, every single day they got to eat cookies and brownies, every single day they got to have candy, my friends, those that is no longer a tool. That is a crutch that is going to have detrimental side effects to not only their health, also their teeth. So be careful 
that and continue to lead by example. There's tons of articles we have on the website that can help encourage you and show you what to eat better and stay stay healthier. Or if you even need to call us, give us a call. We're happy to recommend you proper supplementation here at the office. So I just want to encourage you that this morning. I really had a check to get that out there because I get a lot of emails on that. And I just wanted to put that out there this morning, Dad. What do you think? Anything you want to add to that? Oh, well, yeah, often. I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I've, I've never seen anybody, you know, who's eight years old or seven years old or six years old or five-year-old get the car and drive to junk food, buy junk food. I mean, the parents buy it and bring it home. And the kids end up with ADD. They end up with all kinds of health issues. They end up with heart disease, diabetes, cancer. I remember I was uh, – I took a seminar years ago, and I had a guy from Louisiana who was a top speaker. He's a pediatrician. And he said, he said he had never seen a child yet that had come into his clinic that was not already suffering with atherosclerotic plaquing as a teenager who they ate the food they ate in Louisiana. You know, it's just pork, 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 pork. And by the way, did I mention pork? And did I say that it was pork all the time and all kinds of junk food? And then that's what they were eating. And that's what, and that, and this, this seminar, my gosh, this was 30 years ago. And I, and I cannot imagine what it must be like now with the amount of trash that these kids have eaten now for the last 30 years because what's going to happen is, is they're going to get sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker and they're going to actually no longer going to be able to contribute to the gross domestic product because they're not able to work you know so many people are coming in and getting social security younger now than they would have gotten normally because of their ill the fact that they cannot produce any longer in the society because they're sick and they're basically dying and they have to be on social security to have to support them but they have to make sure the social security and their and the WIC stamps or whatever they're getting their food subsidies you know go to buy continued cartons of cigarettes or alcohol or, or you know or or you know or, or sodas or twinkies i mean it's, it's crazy i mean and you would think that just maybe they thought through it and thought well just maybe there's a possibility that my diet has done this and it's true a lot of people's diet has caused them all of their health problems because of epigenetics they have actually had their environment come in and destroy their health because of what they've decided to put into their lives for 5 10 15 20 years and, I, and I've watched it happen over and over and over and over again. I remember when I had the clinic out on Highway 92 here in between Auburndale and Winter Haven back in the 80s. I'll never forget. I'd have people come in, and they would basically be you know, on death's door, and they didn't know what to do, but they were wanting to change their diet. And I would talk to them about changing the diet, and I finally learned that it's easier to try to get people converted to Christianity than it is to try to get them to change their diet. I know that sounds odd to you guys, but it, it really is. I mean, because quite frankly, these people would end up in a situation where they didn't know exactly, you know, what to do because they'd heard so much conflicting information from their medical doctors. And the medical doctors would say, eat whatever you want to eat, do whatever you want to do, doesn't affect your health at all. And that was, that was the mantra for most medical professionals back in the 70s and the 80s because it was all about DNA and how long you were going to live, and it didn't matter what you put into your body. Well, now because of epigenetics, we realize that's simply not true, that your environment has a critical role as far as your longevity. There are a lot of genes in your body that simply won't express themselves if they're given a healthy diet, and there's genes in your body that will self-terminate and kill you and cause all kinds of sickness, disease, including cancer, if you eat the wrong foods. And you know, that's one of the things. I mean, I used to drink you know, 18 cups of coffee a day. I mean, I've told you that before. And uh, you know, I was in graduate school at Florida State, and they make you read it just in an inordinate amount of reading all of the time. And I remember I came down with pericarditis when I was 27 years old, and I ended up basically being in bed for months and months and months. And I had a naturopath come to me in Tallahassee, and they had gone to the Florida State-Miami game. I couldn't go because I was too sick, and they stayed at my home, and they ordered uh, – we ordered pizza, and I mean I ordered a pepperoni pizza, and they're like picking the pepperoni off their pizza. They refused to eat the pork, and I'm eating their pepperoni, and I'm coughing up a you know storm about to chuck you – know, I'm about to die, to be honest with you. I was unbelievably sick, 18 cups of coffee a day, pork all the time. 
And finally, my buddy Jeff, he was, he was a naturopath. His name was Jeff. He said, uh, the reason you're sick, bud, is what you're eating. And you're, I'm watching you, you know, sit here and drink, suck down coffee all day, and you're basically drinking, eating pork right now. He goes, your body's killing itself because of the food you're putting into it. And I told him, I said, well, the doctors didn't tell me that. He goes, well, they never are. And so it, we tra- I turned around, and I got off the pork immediately because he showed me where scripturally it was unclean. There's a really good book uh, out. It's called God's Keys to Health and Happiness by Elmer Josephson. Been in, that's probably been in print for 50 years. He gave me a copy of it, and I read it, and I never touched pork since. And I realized that it's a forbidden food by the Bible. God doesn't want you to eat it. Now you say, well, I like my pork. So did I. I'm going to eat my pork. So I said, too. So did I. And, you know, I don't care what it does to me. I kind of did care because I was dying, so I stopped doing it. Somebody told me it was bad. And so a lot of people won't do that. They won't stop eating foods they like because it's what they're addicted to. It's like Austin said. They dump this MSG and all these chemicals into these foods that makes you crave them. You know, pork, of course, especially the cured meats, have sodium nitrite, which reacts with stomach acid to form nitrosamines, and that causes a major problem with your health because it causes intestinal cancers. And on and on and on and on and on. And so I gradually came off the coffee. It took me about two weeks because I was so addicted to it. I still had a wretched headache when I got off of it. And I gradually started changing my diet, and it took me months to recover, months. And finally, I, I got started getting better, but I still re- I was required because I was so drained from an adrenal standpoint from drinking all that coffee. That took me months of taking naps every day just to rebuild my system. I'm in my 20s. I can't imagine what it must feel like if I was in my 60s and that happened to me. I probably wouldn't live through it or in my 40s or 50s. But I learned back then, you know, 40 years ago, I learned that you can't just eat what you want to eat and do what you want to do and not have consequences. Your body has limits. They can't be pushed all the time. You know, people have their children and they've got them in five different sports. And they're always in the car taking them to all the different sports teams and all the different things. They're, they're in soccer. They're in taekwondo. They're in basketball. They're in football. They're in tennis. They're in hockey. And it's just on and on and on. And, and the mother ends up running herself ragged, taking these children every single place they can possibly want to go because she's trying to entertain the kids because she's trying to be a good mom. But the reality is wouldn't it be better to spend time with them at home and talk to them and pray with them and make sure they go to church? That brings me up to another topic, too. I got a bunch of stuff I want to cover. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cover this first. You know, and, and let's talk about marital things right now. And for all of you guys that are single, and let me just cover a couple of things with you. This, this is really important. There are five essential components of compatibility when it comes to a relationship. And these are really, really important. Number one is social. What do you do socially? Who do you hang out with? Who do, who do, you, who do, you, want, to, who, who do you want to be with? Uh, you know, if you want to hang out with your drug addict friends or your alcoholic friends or your your friends that are committing adultery on their wives all of the time, that's going to put a real toll on your marriage. Thought I'd mention that. You'd be hanging out with good, clean people. You really do. You'd be hanging out with people that don't want to go run around with their wives or 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 drink alcohol or stay stoned or be drunk all the time. If you're hanging out with people like that, you might want to step away and say, "I don't think I want to be with a person like that." I remember I knew this guy in Tallahassee, and I remember he was dating this girl. One of the first things they did is she wanted to take him to a party, and he went to the party with this girl, and it was a dope-smoking party with all her friends. And my friend said, uh, I'm not involved with all this. I don't want to do this. And the girl was astonished and aghast that he didn't want to hang out with her friends. But they ended up getting married. It ended up being a giant disaster, and he should have learned from the very beginning that you know their social compatibility scores just weren't there. Then you got to deal with the emotional scores. You got to figure out, you know, what triggers you, what doesn't trigger you, what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy, what gives you joy, peace, etc. And I'm also talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit for the righteous peace and joy. You have to have the emotional quotient there. You, are you dating somebody? Or are you going out with somebody who's a hothead? Do they want to yell and scream all the time? Do they have a bad temper? And on and on and on. Every time you know you you meet your fiance or your spouse or your husband or your wife or whoever. 
and they have a different personality, you know, and there's like five different distinct personalities with this person, you might want to realize they may be pentapolar, you know, not bipolar, they may be pentapolar. I've seen that, by the way. People have like five distinct personalities, and you kind of wonder if they're demon-possessed. So emotionally, you got to be equipped with each other, and you have to be intellectually compatible. You know, you, you get a person that, you know, basically is a really well-educated college graduate, okay? Or you get a person who basically doesn't want to learn anything about school and basically dropped out of school in first grade, whatever. You know, there's a chance the chance is pretty strong that they're not going to be intellectually compatible. Now, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean they're not. You know, that person who dropped out of school in first grade could be a multimillionaire, and he basically has 180 IQ, and everything he realizes that he learns and he reads, he memorizes instantaneously, and his emotional intelligence and his intellectual intelligence is pretty high up there. Because remember, education is not necessarily the primary factor in determining if a person is going to be successful or not. Remember years ago at a major university, they took a group of 100 millionaires. They were using that as a as a as a as a gauge of success, and they interviewed them. And they varied in experience from basically uh, blue collar to white collar to professionals. They varied in education from kindergarten dropouts to PhDs and medical doctors, and you know, et cetera. The, the vary was huge, and they found there was one underlying principle that was unique to all of them, and that helped them to become a multi millionaire and had nothing to do with their education. It actually had nothing to do with their IQ points. It had nothing to do with their emotional quotients and how they were raised. What it had to do with is how they viewed other people. And they found that every single person of the hundred that were in this group of people that were multimillionaires, they were all good finders. They found the good in everybody. They always had a positive attitude. They didn't have a negative attitude. So they always tried to be the person in the room that brightened it up when they came in, not the person in the room that made it negative when they came in and everybody was happy to see them go. They were all good finders. And see, that becomes a, a principal component too, right? So if you have somebody who's unbelievably negative all the time and they're always complaining about everything and you have somebody who's emotionally happy, excited, and wants to build everybody up and encourage everybody, and that person's with a super negative person, there's a real probability that's simply not going to work. And then you've got the physical chemistry part of it, et cetera, that's the spark that you have in a relationship and that you're excited to be with somebody and you want to uh, – we put it this way. You want to you kiss them or hold their hand or whatever, and you want to be with them. But you've got to realize, though, that that particular type of chemistry, you can call it sexual if you'd like or physical attraction, you've got to maintain that throughout the entire relationship in the marriage, and you've got to continue to do what you did to start with in that relationship. You've got to continue to court, C-O-U-R-T, court that person throughout your entire marriage. It's called courtship before marriage and courtship after marriage. So you fall in love with somebody, you take them to the movies, you go out to dinner, you know, you, you you do what you need to do with them to spend time with them, and suddenly you get married, you stop doing all those things, and suddenly you start falling apart, separating your distance apart, and you no longer have a relationship with them. So you have to maintain courtship after marriage. Hold your wife's hand, hold your husband's hand, you know, scratch your husband's head, scratch your wife's back if she wants her back scratched, I mean, whatever. Do do whatever you need to do to maintain the physical intimacy in a relationship. And then you got the spiritual component that's just so important. You know, if a person's not willing to go to church with you and you're dating them, yeah, you know, there's a high probability that if you get married to them, they're not going to go to church with you. Just saying. Again, it's trying to convert somebody to a different religion or convert somebody else to basically love Jesus or to be supportive of your religious beliefs. So always remember the spiritual component is extremely important. And if you have all of those and they tie together, then you have the – then you also end up with the compatibility of how well you get along with each other. You, you, you end up with the connection that you have, and you end up with the chemistry. And then if you have all of that, then you end up with trust. It's really important that you do what you say you're going to do. Respect. You show a person respect, 
in reciprocity. And when you have the reciprocity, which means you're giving 100% to them, they're giving 100% back to you, what ends up happening is very difficult for that marriage to fall apart because you're continuing to meet the needs of the other person. You're being reciprocal. And that's probably one of the key components you know, of a marriage. I know a guy who was dating this girl, and you know, this guy basically had gone to college, and he had a sports team that he loved, and he asked the girl, will you go to this you know, football game with me? The girl said, absolutely not. I don't like sports. He goes, well, will you go to the movie with me? No, I hate movies. Okay, well, can we go visit this town and, you know, and basically run around and do a few things over there and you know, be a tourist and kind of enjoy it? No, I've already been there. I don't repeat anything. Now, you say, well, people really aren't like that. Yeah, they really are. They really are like that. And once you start understanding that, that they're not reciprocal, that they're basically, in many cases, a narcissist. Let me give you, let me give you an indication of a narcissism, you know, somebody who really loves themselves to the point they don't care about anybody else. If somebody is in a relationship with you, and they do something to you that's bad, and they come back to you and they say, please forgive me. I had no intentions of doing that or offending you or hurting you that way. That person's not a narcissist. Narcissists cannot say, please forgive me for what I've done. They can't do that because in their mind, they never do anything wrong. So they don't have the ability to apologize like that humbly and say, please forgive me for what I've done. And I remember years and years ago, you know, I learned how to do that, and I taught my children how to do that. I remember I had one of the kids. They got into an argument one time at church, and, and they got into a big mess, and, and I had them go up in front of the group and apologize. And I actually had them write out, and I kind of helped them write it out, an apology letter, and I had them read it out loud to the church because I was teaching them how to be humble and how teaching them how to apologize and to have a relationship and maintain relationships. Now, does that mean all these things are always going to work and you're going to have a long-term relationship with this? Pretty high compatibility score with that. But one more thing you got to add to it. You've got to pray together every single day. And you got to pray together out loud. And you think, well, wow, you mean out loud? Yeah, I mean like out loud. And I've talked about this before, and I'll mention it again. You know, 50%, 60% of Christian marriages end in divorce, just like the world. It's actually getting higher and higher, except with the exception of Christian marriages, the person prays out loud together with the spouse every day. They have like a 99% success rate as far as staying together. Because when you open yourself up from an intimate standpoint and you pray with somebody else, what it does, it allows you at that point to become vulnerable in that person's eyes. And you're sharing your deepest, darkest views and opinions and prayers with God and with your spouse at the same time, and you become one. You become a unified believer. You become one flesh like the Bible talks about. And that's that unifying factor that you've got to have. Now you think, well, I don't have that. Well, just ask your spouse to pray with you. Ask your girlfriend to pray with you. Ask your boyfriend to pray with you and see if they will because you're going to find out very, very quickly what type of relationship that individual has with God Almighty when you hear them pray because if they don't pray, they're going to be very, you know, they're going to be very, how should I say, insecure in praying and much less praying out loud with you. It's something that people need to be aware of and, need to be, and, real, and realize that. But I just want to kind of give you a little bit of that kind of information this morning because it's really important that we all realize that all of this stuff is part of our relationships that we have and that we develop over a period of time. And by the way, the Daily Mail, to change the topic now, they have come out and says that the new North Korea has launched two missiles in defiance after U.S. deployed a nuclear sub to South Korea and a soldier was arrested crossing the DMZ. North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles into its eastern sea, into its eastern sea, early Wednesday. The launches come as the U.S.-led United Nations Command tries to secure the release of a U.S. soldier who fled to North Korea. Whoa. Two days ago, the White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said he's been concerned for some time about more tests by Korea. Okay, I'm going to stop here for one second.
I got to ask you a question. I don't care if it's North Korea. I don't care who this is. Okay, they're firing ballistic missiles and they're testing them. Why do we think that we have the right to tell a sovereign nation what they can and can't do when we're the number one arms trafficker in the world and we sell ballistic missiles, we sell technology of ballistic missiles, we sell guided systems of ballistic missiles to all of these other countries all over the world because North Korea isn't complying with us. and They don't have a central bank that's controlled by the Rothschild banking cartel, and they're a quote-unquote rogue nation. We have the right to tell them what they can and can't do. I'm just asking that, guys. You know, Why do we think we have the right to overthrow nations like we've done over 60 of those with the CIA since like 1950? Why do we think we have the right to do that and take these sovereign people in other countries and force them into compliance with U.S. edicts and dictates? Why do we have that right? Well, I don't think we do. You know, these countries need to be left alone, and now if they start going out and nuking people or doing other crazy stuff, that's different. But we don't need to do that. We really, really don't. By the way, a formal, former Google chief says that AI will soon bring – uh, how should I say, uh, these types of dolls that people buy to life as he warns it will redesign love and relationships. Uh, Google's former CBO, Mo Gawat, said these quote-unquote sex dolls could be simulated with Apple's ProVision or Quest VR, and now they're talking about them becoming the person that you're going to be associating with and basically being with the rest of your life from a physical standpoint. Let me stop for one second here. This is all part of the eugenics protocol this is part of all the inversion that they're doing in the world right now. This is why they unleashed the feminine and feminism on us with Gloria Steinem 50, 60 years ago to destroy the relationships between male and females, period. That's what they're doing this for. They've made women in some cases so mean and so ornery and men so misogynistic and ornery because they're tired of dealing with these mean women. They, they've caused a conflict between the sexes. They've made the male and females in our country fight with each other on purpose. And now they're introducing these dolls to basically – take care of physical needs with men and women and now they're saying that these dolls are going to be given ai sentient ability to basically become a robot for you in your home this technology is on the way by the way i'm letting you know that and it's going to happen and so this guy has to make a choice now between dating a girl who's unbelievably mean all the time to him or dating a robot that he gets along with how weird the world has become and how upside down has everything become and then the, and the woman's got to do the same thing. She's got to make a decision on what she wants to date some guy who basically is a beta, who basically doesn't know what he wants, can't make a decision, or he, she could date a robot. I mean, it's so messed up, Austin. I don't even know what to say about this. And it's just this is the upside down inversion that we're getting in the world today that nobody wants to talk about and nobody wants to be part of this. I mean, but then again, here we are. You know, we got 13 nations now agreeing that it's better not to grow crops and food any longer and make us eat insect larvae. I mean, this, this, you stop here and you go, what's going on and why in the world is this happening? Well, because of methane expulsion from, you know, from fertilizer, et cetera, et cetera. They're saying it's better for the environment. We are watching this entire planet be terraformed in front of our eyes with geoengineering right now, period. We are watching everything that we have known and loved and basically Andy of Mayberry and Opie and all the rest of this stuff be completely and totally decimated, which it already has been, by Hollywood and the Kabbalist, Luciferian, Kabbalist, elite synagogue of Satan that runs Hollywood to destroy the very fabric of our society and the very fabric of time space to bring in their Antichrist. That's where all this is going, the complete inversion of our society. That's what they want because if they make everything as evil as they possibly can – at that point in time, is going to make it available for them to resurrect their serpent god. That's what this is all about. Never forget that. 
That's why you keep your hearts and minds in Christ all the days of your life and realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And this is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and we'll be glad in it because God is on our side. And if prayer changes things and God is still on the throne, then we need to be praying more and more and more all the days of our life. What do you think, Austin, and what's your next story? Uh, you're spot on with that, man. That's one of the reasons why they're trying to do everything they can to flip everything upside down. Ian Smith from the old Atlas Gym, I was looking at a post that he put up today, and I'll put a link on the website. It's interesting because it's a video of July 2023 of Kiev, Ukraine, the capital, and then a video right beside it of basically San Francisco, United States, 2023, and Kiev is – immaculate the whole city is perfect there's no rubble in the capital there's no fighting in the capital there's no migrants in the capital there's no tent cities in the capital uh, there's nothing there at all it's pristine san francisco well you guys you know i think they what they said there's 70 to 80 percent of san francisco is now either covered with needles or feces as far as on the sidewalks so they're having to go through and hire people just to pick up used needles and feces all day long now that's, that's san francisco so it's ironic that we're watching now these major cities and it's not just san francisco it's happening all over the world all over the country are literally going in disrepair the homeless rate is through the roof. You know, you got all these businesses that are starting to shut down. A lot of that was instigated through COVID and the draconian rules and mandates they tried to put into place to tell people they couldn't work, they couldn't have their business open. And you're watching these things happen while you're watching us literally give hundreds of billions of dollars away to other countries because, well, you know, it's science, it's for their protection. Well, again, this is what the banker boys constantly do, and this is what they're doing to basically completely upend the United States. This is why it is so important to really talk about things that are happening and encourage other people. You know, Jason Aldean now, he came out with a song called Try That in a Small Town. CMT's now completely pulled the music video. They will not air it. Multiple other places have now pulled it down because they said it incites hateful violence, even though it doesn't at all I actually look the lyrics of it up. Because I want to hear exactly what they were saying. And he started off with it. He's like, dude, you sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. You carjack an old lady at a red light. You think that's cool? Act like a fool if you like. You better think again if you're tough because try that in a small town and we'll see how far you make that down the road. And he goes into detail. Dude. His, his reference in his entire music video is about the Antifa and BLM terrorist organizations. They have been repeatedly going into cities and starting riots. Sucker punching people, Molotov cocktailing buildings, carjacking people, pulling them out and beating them unconscious, all because they're trying to make a political statement. Yet, yet, if any American showed up at the January 6th protest of a stolen election, uh, they basically got indicted by the FBI. That, that was just clear-cut indication of how politicized the FBI is at pushing their agenda. And it's interesting because, again, you have somebody that's coming out now, and they're going against the narrative, and they're talking about, yeah, this is what happens. You do this in a small town, basically. You're going to get your butt whooped. We're not going to put up with this. Oh, no, no. That's hate speech. You can't do that. Well, you had people walking around talking about burning down entire cities and then doing it. What they say? 100, I think 140 cities were set on fire in 2020 by Antifa and BLM. Hey, nothing to see here, bro. Totally normal. You got cities like Seattle now. I just saw an article. That the Seattle public school 
is now discussing they're going to start offering free gender-affirming care to students as young as 10 years old. That's meaning it's going to be on the taxpayer dime. The health centers in Meany Middle School and Nova High School are now in allowing students to conveniently seek sex change procedures, including hormones, cross-sex hormones, and puberty blockers on-site at no cost to themselves. The Nova Wellness website does not specifically talk about what it means by gender-affirming care, though we do know now by multiple centers, including the Country Doctor Community Health Center, both offering hormone therapy and sex change operations, including the uh, gender-affirming care with puberty blockers. So this is where they're going with this. Lest you think they're trying to do this to the young children, this is where they're going with it. They want all the children so dumbed down, so confused. See, the fluoride already had a significant impact on my IQ scores. Talked about earlier, the food coloring, the food preservatives have already had a huge impact on the health of the young children. Now you've had the social media and all the other perversion that's online and YouTube that they're constantly pumping in their heads. Well, now they've got to take it one last step further and they've got to absolutely try to mutilate these innocent children before they can get old enough to realize what they're actually doing to their bodies. Nobody seems to bother to talk about with this gender affirming care. When you start putting females and males on cross-sex hormones, you change them for the rest of their life. You take a 13-year-old boy that's been on puberty blockers, and now you start giving him estrogen pills, and he starts growing female breasts, and he starts acting like a female. His body is changed for the rest of his life. Even if he comes off the hormones, he will never be the same way he was. You start taking a female at 13, 14 years old that had been on puberty blockers, and you start giving her testosterone injections. That by far just boggles my mind right there. That, that one right there, the very fact that everybody knows how strong of a compound testosterone is and how it's used basically in testosterone placement therapy in males that basically can't get their natural testosterone up. You know, if they've tried Tongat Alley and Testo Plus and Tribulus and it's still not working, they get older, that's an option for them. And they got to go through prescriptions and they got to go through doctors and they got to get blood work. They got to do this whole rigmarole to get testosterone injections. Yet a 14 year old girl comes in, has been on puberty blockers, gender affirming care clinic. Oh, by the way, that's fine. We'll start giving testosterone pellets or pills or injections because that, that's what you want to do. Knowing good and well this is going to affect her for the rest of her life, nobody, nobody with any type of scientific background with a straight face can sit there and say this is a good idea. This is something that's really going to be beneficial to society. Nobody can if they're being honest. Now you've got some of these perverts that are running these clinics now that are making billions of dollars as we have now found the gender affirming care as they conveniently call this gender mutilation care um, it's a massive massive industry now it's exploding with growth for sick odd reasons yet this is exactly what dad's talking about where they're trying to change the entire culture they're trying to make everything good bad and everything bad good that's why you can't talk about standing up for your city and protecting your family and standing up for your country oh no no that's hate speech oh, but if you talk about burning down entire cities because you want to protest this or protest that in the name of the narrative hey man go for it everything's good to go here now ironically enough one of the first things that I've seen now, this article just came out, it was on Breitbart, and it discusses now just in the last year, 
Homeland Security has released more than half a million migrants into the United States through its parole pipeline, a foreign population larger than the population of Sacramento, California. They're now saying that the figures are overall much higher in general since he's become president. They said roughly they're looking at more than a million migrants have been released into the U.S. interior. This is an article published in April since Biden got into office. That indicates a foreign population has been released larger than the entire city of Jacksonville, Florida, has brought into American communities just by the Biden administration. The largest total from the Federation of American Immigration Reform states that under Biden, the illegal alien across the U.S. has grown to nearly 17 million showing an increase of 2.3 million since he took office. The numbers just keep going up. Every single place I read, the reports and the research keep going up, which tells me the numbers that they are giving everybody are massively downplayed. And why would they be doing this right now? Why would they be massively cutting back on the population rate? Isn't it interesting? Because I know a lot of people in business, a lot of people in business, that the population seems to have a hard time finding anybody to work yet you know stimmy checks aren't going out we're not having the massive unemployment checks that are being paid to everybody not to work yet there's numerous businesses that i personally know of they can't get anybody to work for anything nobody wants to work or they can't find anybody why is it that you see this turbo cancer popping up and we see all this death rate continuing to skyrocket and that more and more people are getting sicker and sicker and sicker and going on disability now that we're hearing about because they're having perpetual sickness and all these health problems after they get this shot. Isn't it interesting that all these migrants that are coming to the southern border, regardless of where they're from, there is no requirement for them to show vaccine passport or get a shot, get a COVID shot or get a COVID passport that they have to show everybody? Does anybody find that remotely ironic? Yet there were a mom and son that got kicked out of a restaurant in New York by law enforcement almost at gunpoint because they didn't have a vaccine passport. Kicked out of a restaurant, formally kicked out by law enforcement because they didn't have papers to show that they had a medical procedure done, which, by the way, is illegal. That has never been allowed under HIPAA to demand to see somebody's medical records in order to give them something or feed them or provide them service. Yet it was done right in front of us as we watched it happen. Isn't that interesting? Just thought I'd throw that out there. Almost like they're slowly dwindling the population of the general Americans down while they're pumping in millions and millions of more people to change the population skews. Just thought I would throw that out there because there's something very strange going on with the numbers that you're seeing right now and the population demographics that I'm constantly seeing. I've lived in Florida my entire life. This has always been a, a city or a state that's always been big in agriculture. It's always had a very large Hispanic population, and they work their butts off. I've worked with them before. I've worked construction with them before, and they work all the time. However, now I'm finding that I see more and more cities, more and more subdivisions that are popping up where they're completely Hispanic subdivisions, but nobody's working. Everybody's there all day. I've driven through them. I've talked to guys around here. The entire community center has you know, 150, 200 people at it every day with moms and dads and kids running around everywhere. None of them speak English. Isn't that interesting? Because I don't know where everybody's coming from and how everybody's affording all this stuff if nobody's working. Just thought I would throw that out there. And again, we've watched this happen with BlackRock now where they've been going in and strategically buying up enormous subdivisions before they're even finished. And then turning them into rental properties or federally funded houses 
that essentially nobody can figure out how people are affording these four or $500,000 houses but seem to never go to work. Still haven't figured that one out yet. So watch very carefully in your communities and what's going on around you because what's happened is now, and I've noticed this in central Florida where we're at, the the uh, homeless population is starting to get much, much larger than it used to be. I was talking to my good friend. He's a sheriff officer in Polk County, and he said that they're dealing with homeless calls and loitering and all this stuff all the time now. He said it's literally a daily basis. All they do is go around the calls now and deal with these homelessness, people that want to just start camping areas, and Polk County Sheriff doesn't, doesn't tolerate this at all. They blatantly said we are not going to turn in to L.A. We're not going to turn to San Francisco. We're not going to start allowing these giant tent cities to start popping up in the middle of the area. This started to happen in an area called Munn Park over in downtown Lakeland because they had a homeless center over there that was basically for people to come in and get food and stay there. They weren't allowed to use drugs. They basically had to keep everything clean. And what happened is the population of homelessness started to explode in that area, and they started to basically overtake the park. You'd go over to the park, and there'd be 50, 60, 70 homeless people laying out on the sidewalk, laying out on the chairs, walking around absolutely crazy, doped up on who knows what, talking crazy. And finally, the Lakeland population and a lot of the people that lived in the city said, dude, this is okay. You're going to start seeing crime go rampant here. And Polk County Sheriff's Department said, okay, bet. (laughs) See what's going to happen. Lakeland better do something about this, and we're here to back them up. But Lakeland better handle this first, and we'll be there. The same thing that happened when the BLM and Antifa terrorists came into Lakeland, and they wanted to do a little rally downtown. And it was mostly peaceful for the most part until they got over there to basically Memorial Boulevard, and they decided they were going to stop in the middle of a giant, one of the biggest subdivisions, biggest intersections in Lakeland, and they were going to shut it down. And they did, and they shut it down. They started standing on top of their cars. They started screaming and yelling and pitching a fit. And then uh, Lakeland came in, and they didn't do anything, did nothing. The whole intersection wouldn't get, couldn't get it unblocked. They tried to push everybody out. Finally, Polk County Sheriff said, listen, you're going to handle this, or we're going to handle this. So they came out, and they started firing tear gas on these people, and they immediately dispersed. Because they not only were causing massive disarray in the driving community and being able to drive freely on your way, they started getting in fights, started threatening people, started trying to punch out windshields. Oh, yeah, and that happened. Sheriff's Department said, no, this is going to have zero tolerance of this type of behavior in a civilized city. This will not happen in here. You cannot do this, period. You want to do this, you're going to go to jail immediately. And sure enough, they shut it down right on the head. Never happened again since. This is what happens when you allow lawlessness to go rampant in these major cities. These guys that are in the public sectors, that are the DAs, and they're basically pushing these laws for zero bail and all this crazy reform that makes no sense. They know what they're doing. They're trying to play the whoopsie card, don't know how this possibly happened. We can't figure out why crime is exploding two, three, four, five hundred percent. Home invasions are up two, three, four, five hundred percent. Burglaries, carjackings are up two hundred percent. We have no idea why that's happening. You know, we're just trying to do a little bit of reform here. No, they know exactly what they're doing because out of chaos, they want to bring in enough chaos so they can change things the most, most they can to get people more compliant with it. I saw an article here the other day now. There's this new bill called the Credit Card Competition Act, very similar to the Durban Amendment that came out in the 90s. This Credit Card Competition Act is going to do exactly what the Durban Act did. They're going to go in now, and they're going to allow merchants to start picking these lower terminals. However, it's going to make the credit card fees have the ability – the credit card rewards to simply go away. 
That's that's the next phase they're going to do, by the way. If you guys want to know little little inside tip that they're probably going to do, this is my opinion, but I'm pretty doggone accurate about my stuff that I bring up. What they're doing now, the credit card rewards have been extremely successful to get people on credit cards. You got two, three percent cash back, you got these travel rewards, you get fifty-five thousand miles, you spend X amount of money. You know the whole drill, what they've been doing, right? The people, a lot of people have a lot of rewards piled up. Well, now what they're gonna start doing is these reward cards are about to go to zero. If this passes, if Congress and their completely and totally inept compromised selves push this through, the credit card rewards are going to disappear. Now, why would they do that? Well, it's very easy. They're going to push the rewards and they're going to push promotions and they're going to push the entire agenda into the digital wallets. That's where they're going to go with it. And they're going to give you these 5% transfer rates if you put it in the wallet. And we're going to give you 10% cash back on your first $5,000 that you basically transfer to your wallet. And the credit card rewards will slowly go away as people use them up that they already have. And it'll take a couple of years. It won't happen overnight. It'll take a couple of years. And then finally people are going to go, well, I'm not using these credit cards. They have no benefits. I get more benefit if I use my CBDC digital wallet. And I get my 1% 2% cash back because I'm not getting anything on these other credit cards. In fact, now... They've already seen a lot of terminals are doing this and businesses are doing this. I actually had a person approach me to see if I wanted to do this, and I, I, I didn't do it. I thought about it, but then I didn't do it. Is they, they start charging the credit card fees to the customer. You see this now at some restaurants where you'll go in and they'll have a 2 or 3% transaction fee. On top of everything else you get tagged with, they had a transaction fee to it. And I went, oh, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? I could. But I'm not going to because I eat the credit card fees every single day. I pay enormous amount of fees even though we got a good terminal. But what they're doing is now they want to go in and they want to make sure the populace doesn't have the ability to travel freely unmolested on their way. And they have no incentives to use any of these rewards. And the only way they're going to get anything is by going into a digital wallet with the CBDC. That's just my opinion. Do your own research on it. Make sure you're contacting your local representatives, as I already have, to say absolutely no to this credit card competition act of 2023 because this is going to be nothing more than pushing another digital currency agenda through Congress to put it in law, by the way. So these credit cards are not going to be feasible for anybody or any business to use, and the wallets are going to be promoted on a regular basis when it comes to digital currency. What do you think, Deb? Uh, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I wish I'd be wrong. Yeah, but you're probably right. I mean, because I mean, I like my hotel points, and you know, I like my airline points, though they've gotten kind of useless to try to use. Uh, but you know, as far as the uh, airline points, you know, the Marriott, I still use that card, and uh, it does real well as far as getting you some free rooms every once in a while. That's always really nice. And uh, you know, so it's just a it's just a weird situation. They're going to have a hard time phasing people out of that though, because a lot of people have a lot of points, and a lot of people really like those benefits. And uh, a lot of these hotels won't be filling up these nicer rooms, you know, if they don't have points. Period. It's what's going to happen. I mean, nobody wants to spend you know more than a hundred bucks for a room. I mean, hundred dollars for a room for the night or one hundred seventy five dollars is about all I'd be willing to pay. You know, unless you get a free room on points and you can get a nicer room. So to me, it's a big waste of money going into an expensive hotel and and paying a bunch of money for a room for one night when you're not mad planning. I mean, some rooms are more money than a doggone rent is for an entire month for one night at a room. So I mean, it's ludicrous. But if you have to do that every once in a while because you got points, that's kind of fun. But otherwise, no, it's not going to be. So they're going to have a hard time pushing this. But remember, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. The Sabbatean, Luciferian, Kabbalah, synagogue of Satan, great, horrible worshipers of the Moloch and Asher and all the rest of these ancient Canaanite religions that run the planet and these fallen angels that are just directing them as far as absorbing the energy from humans for their food source, uh, they're greedy. You know, it's the love of money. Remember, this is what you know the Bible talks about with Lucifer. He's running around buying and selling and all this stuff on this planet Earth 
you know, before the first flood, before he was basically tried by God. We covered that in Angel Wars, and he got greedy, greedy, greedy. And that's funny that Jesus, you know, who's part of the triune Godhead, said the love of money is the root of all evil. Think about that for a second. And that's the thing that these guys are involved in. It's always the money. It's all the merchandise. It's all the stuff they basically pedal to and from to try to get more and more and more stuff. They're super, super greedy. There are some people out there that are so greedy that you know they want to charge you for the air that you breathe. Oh, that's right. That's called the greenhouse gas emissions. That's, that's right. And, and they want the new green agenda. And they want to force you to pay for air and pay, force you to pay for gas. For, it's, the, the greed has no boundaries because the greed creates this – insatiable desire to get more and more and more stuff and enslave more and more and more people. That's what they do on an ongoing basis. And by the way, Illinois now is becoming the first state to eliminate cash bail. Of course, the crime through Illinois is unbelievable, especially in Chicago. Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker, who's an absolute lowlife, celebrates court-clearing radical new policy that could free more violent criminals before trial. Prisker said detainment will now be determined by the danger of an individual poses as opposed to their ability to pay their way out of jail. Some of my, you know, bail bondsmen, you know, getting paying bail. Critics argue cash bail prevents dangerous criminals from returning to the streets while awaiting trial. This is true. Um, you know, Chicago's new liberal mayor is now blaming businesses, businesses, by the way, for spiraling violent crime because I guess the businesses are putting up a fight now when people come in to rob them and they're causing more violent crime. Uh, these guys, I don't even know how they can say this stuff, and they can actually believe this stuff. You know, Illinois Republican Party Chair Don Tracy said the law will significantly undermine public safety by releasing from custody. Dangerous, violent criminals like to shoot people and beat people up. I'm adding that. At a time when police are under attack and Illinois families and crime victims already fear for their own personal safety under this absolutely ridiculously – I'm not going to say anything. Pritzker, Illinois, has become a less safe and violent crime is on the rise, tweeted Republican Representative Darren LaHood. Instead of giving law enforcement the tools they need to go after criminals, Pritzker's soft on crime policies like any cash bail hinder costs from keeping communities safe. In other words, you arrest somebody, you put them in jail, and they get out immediately because they basically don't have to pay bail. The state's top court upheld a 2021 state law that eliminated cash bail in order that it take effect in September. So you just kind of get to leave when you want. The law passed by the Democratic-controlled legislature and signed by Pritzner have been blocked after a judge found in December that it violated the state constitution. Several other states, including New Jersey and New York and California, have taken steps to reduce the use of cash bail, which defendants charged with certain offenses can pay money to secure their freedom until the trial begins. We can now move forward with historic reform to ensure pretrial detainment is determined by the danger an individual poses to the community instead of by their ability to pay their way out of jail. I, uh, I don't really know what to say about this. You have a violent offender who's repeatedly a violent offender who repeatedly gets back out to do more violent offenses while they basically continue to make sure that the crime continues to get spiral out of, out of control and that the people that own businesses continue to be robbed and more and more of Chicago's businesses are closing up and going online or moving to different locations. And Illinois is in a free fall, as it has been with this corruption since the days of Al Capone. Just thought I'd mention that. This has been going on for 100 years over there. And the amount of fraud in the voting machines must be unbelievable in Illinois by now simply because of the fact that these Democrats are staying in power with all of their crime and all their bodies in the streets, and yet nobody can vote these guys out of office. It's mind-boggling to me. But you guys listen to me. Here's something that's not mind-boggling is that we were bought at a price. Well, of course, that is kind of mind-boggling when you think about that, that you know, basically that Jesus came and he died for us. 
and he was resurrected by God Almighty, and he sits at the right hand of God the Father all day, all Almighty, from whence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. You know, that's amazing to me that we have the ability to be in a covenant with the Most High God through Jesus, through the blood of the covenant that we have with him. Attach yourself to that and realize who you are in Christ, and always remember that we can do all things through him. I love you guys, and I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. 100%. I appreciate a lot of the positive feedback I've been getting. Just some of these shows, you know, a lot of times we try to bring up not just current news, but also just current things that are going on. And a lot of times people send me emails and stuff. And so I try to respond to them, you know, via on the show. Sometimes it makes it easier because I know when I start getting two, three, four, five emails on the same topic, I like to address them. So again, thank you for the support. Thank you for sending us emails. Thank you for the order comments. We do the best we can to really help everyone out. And if you guys have a question or need anything, give us a call 1-800-726-1834. We're always here Monday through Friday, nine to five to help you out the best we possibly can. Have a lot of new products that we're going to be starting to work out together here. we got a new website that we're going to be rolling out here very, very shortly. I know it's taken a while. We had some stuff we had to start over on it. So, again, thank you for your patience on that. Have a lot of cool things going on. And be sure to check out the product of the week, the B-Complex Formula on sale. It will be going up here shortly in the next couple hours, over 10% off on the website at healthmasters.com. Keep up the strength, my friends. Keep up the fight. Continue to stay strong. Keep raising little Americans. I appreciate all you all do. You all have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.